Official statistics have shown how severe of an effect the coronavirus is having on the global economy. In the US, over 3.2 million people filed for unemployment benefits in the last week of March alone, five times the previous weekly record. And just to continue using the US for perspective, three weeks prior to that, jobless claims were at a historic low at 200,000 filings. In Brazil, the effects of the pandemic on the labor market remain unknown. First of all, this kind of data is published monthly around here, and the government is apparently trying to withhold this information. The economy ministry recently announced it had suspended the release of a monthly database of workers under formal employment, meaning it might be a while until we find out exactly how many layoffs the crisis has already caused. But sooner rather than later, this impact will be felt. And they will be felt hard. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. You're listening to Explaining Brazil. So before we start this week's episode, once again, I bring the disclaimer that we have been recording our podcast from home these past three weeks, as São Paulo is quarantined and the whole building where our studio is located is shut down. So pardon for the less-than-ideal audio quality. And don't forget to visit our special COVID-19 live blog with the latest developments on the coronavirus outbreak in Brazil, just go to brazilian.report slash coronavirus. Ewan Marshall, hello. Hi, Gustavo. Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro has certainly been a contrarian when it comes to the coronavirus. While the world preaches social isolation, the president has said time and again that his number one priority is saving jobs. On Tuesday, March 31st, Bolsonaro said, in his sixth televised speech of the month, alas, people will die, but the country must carry on. That's a quote. Yes, yeah, so he's a real outlier in this regard, because, I mean, not even his political inspiration, Donald Trump, is against isolation anymore. And the worrying thing that this is a very similar approach to what was done in Milan a month ago. And there, the mayor launched a campaign called Milan Cannot Stop, telling people to go about business as usual, and, you know, 9,000 deaths later, the authorities had to issue a public apology for the way they handled that crisis. And, you know, Bolsonaro actually launched an identical campaign called Brazil Cannot Stop, which was suspended by courts for not providing science-based information to Brazilians. And the president continues to bang the same drum, you know, that the economy must go on, pandemic or not. I mean, we have talked in previous episodes about the need for social isolation. And heck, we are all working from home at the Brazilian Report. We have also talked about the risks for people's health in impoverished, poorly urbanized neighborhoods where social distancing is not necessarily an option because people in these areas sometimes live with four or five other family members in one-room houses. So I think we should talk this week about the economic repercussions of the outbreak, because they will be hard. 
Yeah, so despite the President's pledges for business to continue, this hasn't quite happened in practice because the way Brazil's political system works is it's very decentralised. It gives governors and mayors a significant amount of power and all 27 state governors have implemented some restrictions, whether it be closing schools, commerce, gyms, that sort of thing. Yes, uh, we reported on our website that energy consumption fell and traffic in big cities went way down. Despite the president's wishes, Brazil has stopped. And that will tank the economy too. And it's not like we were in a good place to begin with. Activity was very sluggish and unemployment continued in the double digits. Indeed, yeah. And data from the National Institute of Statistics indicates that unemployment hit 11.6% in February. And that's before the crisis began. But it might be a while before we get updated information on exactly how many layoffs the COVID-19 pandemic has caused in Brazil. Why is that? Well, one of the best indicators for employment levels in Brazil is the so-called General Register for Employed and Unemployed Persons, known commonly as Cajeji. And typically the government would release Cajeji data every month. But in January, due to a change in the reporting system, this frequency was changed every two months, meaning that in March, we were set to hear the numbers for January of this year. And did we get the numbers? Nope, we did not. And we don't yet know when to expect them, because using the pandemic as justification, the economy ministry announced that thousands of companies did not submit data on their employees and that the disclosure of Kajeji figures would be suspended throughout the entire public health crisis due to the coronavirus. So, who knows when we'll get that information again. Well, for now we can only speculate on how these figures will turn out. Some brokerage firms have already predicted that up to 40 million Brazilians will be out of a job as a direct result of the coronavirus crisis, uh, and even if the final number is just half of that, that's already huge. And also there's a huge number of informal and self-employed workers in Brazil, around 42 million, who don't have formal employment contracts and have very little labor protections when they have it at all. What's going to happen to them? Well, that's it. The informal workers are the most pressing worry because these are people who don't receive salaries. That means that they were left out of pocket almost immediately once the quarantine measures kicked in. And the government has launched a plan to pay these workers an emergency monthly salary of 600 reais, which translates to about $115, and that would last for the next three months. Now, the Senate approved the proposal quickly, but they've complained that the government is dragging its heels and they've criticised their plan to only send out the money as of the third week of April. Because, you know, unless it's sped up, these people are looking at a month without any income. Which would already be difficult for anyone, but when you bear in mind that these informal workers are already in low-paying jobs to begin with, Losing out on income for that long could be catastrophic. Yes, and besides these unregistered workers, we also have millions of so-called micro-entrepreneurs who are Brazilians who have set up small businesses with low revenues. And there are about 10 million of them in Brazil, and they too are set to feel the pinch. When you say micro-entrepreneurs, uh, what kind of businesses are we talking about? 
So the largest group are hairdressers and manicurists, as well as clothes retailers. So we're talking small one-person operations, often in low-income neighbourhoods. And if we just take the first group into account, those are businesses that rely on the circulation of people. I mean, you can't get a haircut over Skype, for example. And by definition, these businesses have low revenues, so it's unlikely they'll be able to survive for long without government assistance. So what has the government done, if anything? Yep, baby steps, really. The Economy Ministry issued a resolution to push back deadlines for micro-entrepreneurs to pay taxes, meaning that they will have until the end of June to do so. But of course, if they don't have revenue coming in, there wouldn't be much to tax anyway. What about in Congress? Any proposals in the often? So there's one proposal in the Senate which would institute a so-called emergency grant to these business owners, which would exempt them from paying utility bills and would also offer them a minimum wage. And there's another which would offer them advantageous credit lines during the pandemic, but none of these proposals have moved along much yet. By the way, talking about Congress, there was a very meaningful development that flew completely out of the radar in the Brazilian press, but we reported in our live blog, Congress decided to essentially neuter the president, right? Yeah, so the heads of both of Brazil's congressional houses have decided to radically shorten the deadlines for processing provisional decrees issued by President Jair Bolsonaro to confront the COVID-19 pandemic. These decrees, uh, for those who don't know, are instruments the president has to enact legislation They are effective immediately, but need Congress confirmation or they expire. Yeah, so current legislation demands a maximum period of 120 days for Congress to approve these decrees before they expire, but the newly approved rule cuts this term down to just 14 days. Now, Rodrigo Maia and Davial Colombri, who are the speakers of the House and the Senate, they agreed that the decrees would have nine days of analysis in the lower house, followed by five days in the Senate. And then if the upper house were to make any changes to the legislation, the House of Representatives would get a further two days to review the alterations. Yeah, no, so tensions have been high. And we have reported that uh, mainstream politicians wanted to place Jair Bolsonaro in a political quarantine. But what they essentially did changes the powers of the president. Well, Speaker Rodrigo Maia, he made it clear that this quick turnover would aim to let Congress correct any excesses of the provisional decrees issued by the President. And let's remember that the government issued a decree last week which would have allowed companies to suspend workers' contracts for four months, no questions asked. And the backlash was so swift that the government had to back down hours later. What is frustrating to me is how uncoordinated this whole effort seems to be. The President says one thing... Then the economy minister says another, and Congress says a third thing. Uh, maybe I mean unfair to the government, but it seems like every day for the past two weeks, officials have bombarded us with press conference after press conference after press conference, promising loads of things in terms of money to the poor or credit lines to companies to keep them from shutting down. But then when you look closely at the numbers, There are a lot of repeated measures and not so much new money. Newspaper Estado de São Paulo reported that by the end of March, two-thirds of the government's promises had yet to be made concrete. And in some cases, the press announcements were literally the only thing the government did as the proposals weren't even sent to Congress. 
I mean, there's very little transparency here. Yeah, and now there's a new dispute on top of it all. The economy ministry has been accused of making up excuses to postpone or avoid paying the 600L emergency salary we talked about earlier. Okay. So, Minister Paolo Gedges says the government simply can't do it as things stand because of the fiscal responsibility laws which prevent the government from spending money that it doesn't have. Doing so would be an impeachable offence for the president. So Gedges said that it would take a constitutional amendment to allow the government to help the poor and pay this monthly salary. And what does Congress say? Well, Congress said that that's rubbish because the fact that Congress passed the bill would automatically, in their view, authorise the expense. So the problem with spending more than the budget had foreseen is doing so without a green light from Congress, which the government already has. What about experts? Who do they side with? So the Independent Fiscal Institution, which is a consulting body of the Senate, they sided with Congress. They could be called biased because they're linked to the lawmakers, but the body is also made up of civil servants with guaranteed job stability. So, you know. There's another thing the government could do quickly, right? Which is to embolden Bolsa Familia, that cash transfer program created almost 20 years ago that became one of the most effective anti-extreme poverty instruments in Brazil, if not the most effective. Yeah, so the government could simply issue a decree granting people on this database a heftier benefit. Uh, Our Brasilia correspondent, Breno Grillo, he spoke to economists from the Brazilian Institute of Applied Economics, which is under the federal government, and they said that Bolsa Familia could actually be the answer to the COVID-19 pandemic. So there are 1.7 million families on the Bolsa Familia waiting list, and the government could simply enroll them, no questions asked, due to the severity of the situation. But? But Bolsa Familia was reduced in the first year of the Jair Bolsonaro administration. Uh, the number of families enrolled in the program is down 1.2%, or by 218,000 people in March from February. And when you compare to March 2019, current data shows that this flagship cash transfer program has cut 7.6% of its beneficiaries. That translates into 702,000 families. And when I say cut, I mean, that's not technically the right word because thousands of families leave Bolsa Familia every month, either due to increasing their income above the cutoff limits or by failing to update their registrations. The problem is, is in recent months, is that new families are no longer being brought into the program. So the total number of families as a whole is reducing. Yeah, as the in-person economy is put to a halt, these peripheral populations in Brazil will need instant revenue more than ever. Yeah. We will be monitoring how this situation evolves. Ewan, thank you very much. Thank you, Gustavo. If you like this podcast, please rate us with five stars. That will give us a push to reach more listeners. And take a look at our website. Every day we have new exclusive content, including a live COVID-19 blog. Our team is diligently filling with the most relevant updates about the outbreak. Also, you should know that subscribing to the Brazilian Report is the best way to help this show. Our plans started less than $4, which is less expensive than a latte in a Sao Paulo Starbucks. Not that you will be allowed to get one anyway. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. That's it for this week. Stay safe. 
wash your hands, and listen to our podcast while in self-isolation. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, and this was Explaining Brazil. Thank you.